0: Well, everyone that watches CNN, MSNBC, NBC, CBS, uh, ABC, uh, sees a huge liberal drift um, in mainstream media. Well, it's not just mainstream media. Uh, Local publications, whether it be Birmingham News, Mobile Press Register, Huntsville Times, uh, are being gobbled up uh, by left-leaning groups that are subsidized um, by Soros-funded foundations and things like that. But it gets even more hyper-local Uh, as you go across the state and see these local publications that have been bought up by uh, Gannett, USA Today, uh, and these other types. Um, And so today we're gonna bring on a conservative local publication owner to talk about this liberal drift uh, in local news, what that means uh, and how not having local publications there at the city council meetings, talking to local law enforcement at the school board meetings and things like that, uh, the effect that that can have on local communities. So you'll wanna stay tuned for that. We have an incredible culture here in the state of Alabama, but our politics and public policy don't reflect the people of Alabama. Media drives culture. Culture is what drives politics and public policy. Welcome, everyone, to 1819 News, the podcast. I'm Brian Dawson, CEO of 1819 News and host of this here podcast. We have an incredible episode for you today. We're going to be jumping into the importance of media, specifically local media, even more local than 1890 News. We're getting into hyper local uh, with local publications and how liberals have been buying them up. And we've got one of the remaining lone conservative local publication owners, Scott Buttram, the publisher uh, of the Trustville Tribune and also Twitter arsonist Firebrand uh, coming on today to talk about uh, his story, uh, the story of of what has happened with local publications, not just in Alabama, but really across the country and that disturbing trend. And then our behind the scenes segment that you guys are not going to want to miss. It's going to be incredible. We're going full blown scorched earth on everything that's wrong with Alabama politics. If you follow me, if you follow Scott uh, on Twitter, and if you're not, you should. Uh, Scott Butcher. I think what is, um, man, why can't I think of uh, the, the handle? Is it um, U.S. Common Sense or what is it? <laughs>
1: The U.S. Secretary of Common U.S.
0: Secretary of Common Sense on Twitter. That is Scott Buttram. Um, Do that, and um, but what we're going to be bringing you is basically that kind of a a Twitter thread in podcast format. In the behind the scenes, again, uh, I assure you, it is going to be very exciting, uh, and there will be no sacred cows untouched by the time it's all done. But in order for you to be able to see that content, that behind the scenes content, you have to become a member. Go to 1819news.com. At the very top, you'll see a button. Become a member. Click it. Uh membership start as little as $5 a month. Go there now, do that. Sign up and support nonprofit news. Sign up and support independent news uh, by supporting the work we're doing at 1819 News. We are investigating or excuse me, we are informing, investigating, and celebrating. We inform the people of Alabama about what's going on why it matters. We investigate corruption and in Alabama, it's a target rich environment and we're celebrating the things about the state that are good, true, and beautiful that often go overlooked by our left-leaning media outlet of record that I believe actually hates the state that they operate in. So please go become a member, 1819news.com, click the button, membership start as little as $5 a month. All right, now we will jump in to what you tuned in for, uh, and that's to hear the story of, of Scott Buttram, the publisher at Trustville Tribune. Scott, thank you so much
1: for taking the time to join me today. Brian, thank you. I'm a big fan of the podcast and uh, and try to watch it every chance I get. You've always got some great interviews and some great guests. Uh, I apologize that you've got a downgrade a little bit this week with me.
0: <laughs> no, it's not a downgrade. Uh, I think it's imperative um, that we we kind of show what's going on in the space that you operate in because it's it's extremely important uh, the dissemination of information the originating of of, of information uh, at the local level um, you know and how that's kind of been hijacked to a certain degree uh, by a group of people that lean a certain way politically and and, and the ramifications that that can have uh, on our culture um, it's you know it's pretty bad. But before we jump into that, Scott, I want to just have you tell us your story. Where were you born? Where did you grow up? How did you get into media? Uh, And how did you come about uh, purchasing the Trustville Tribune?
1: Well, I I was actually born in the Birmingham area. My family lived in Vestavia until I was about three years old. Uh, So I don't have much memory of that. We moved to Tuscaloosa, and that's where I grew up and lived uh, into, I guess, my 40th, 41st birthday, right around then. And. Uh, At that point, I I married uh, Lori Leppard. She was a teacher at Hewitt Trussell Junior High, and I moved to Trussell and have been there ever since. Um, How I got into the Tribune was, uh, I don't know, it's still kind of a bizarre situation to me, Brian, when I think about it. I I bought the Tribune because it was about to close up. A a friend of mine owned it. Uh, Her husband had accepted a job in Tennessee. She had tried to sell it and couldn't and was about to move for his job and had just decided to shut it down. And uh, I had been in publishing about 20 years earlier. I'd worked for Randall Publishing in Tuscaloosa. That's where I got my start and uh, started as a national sales manager and uh, ended up an associate publisher for a national aviation publication called Aviation USA. And it was a a bi-weekly news journal, trade journal for the industry. So I, I had done that. I'd worked mostly on the sales side, a little bit on the editorial side. I, I enjoyed uh, my time in publishing very much, but I'd moved on to other things and I uh, had been out of it for about 20 years. But when the Tribune appeared to be closing, I thought, well, how much could things have changed? You know, I, I've put out a paper before I can do this. And uh, so I bought the Tribune and, um, that that would be about 24 hours after my wife telling me absolutely do not go buy a newspaper. And <laughs> I, I, I did it anyway, um, and the first shock was, I, you know, I, I mentioned I thought how much how much could things have changed in publishing? Literally everything had mm. changed. It, there was nothing at all that was similar uh, to what I had done 20 years before, and now I, I own this thing, and we 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 had no choice but to make it go and keep it going. Uh, so I kind of dove in. I relied on some people with a, a lot of experience in the newspaper industry. Uh, we were, we were kind of fortunate in that aspect. Almost everything we've tried to do as a newspaper slash local media company, we, we've always had a lot of local talent, Brian, that we could rely on, uh, that wanted to be a part of this and, and would step in and uh, start start working with us and start helping us and guiding us. So there's uh, there's always been... Somebody there along to shepherd us that was local, but um, we got it up and going, started covering local council meetings, which the Tribune had not been doing, started covering local crime, which the Tribune had not been doing, uh, and started covering schools, which it had been doing, a little bit of that, uh, but not necessarily a lot of high school sports and that sort of thing. So we kind of knew what a local newspaper should look like. I had a good example growing up with the Tuscaloosa News. And uh, a lot of the things we did, we tried to emulate what I had seen growing up. Mm. Uh, That that newspaper is now just barely hanging on in a shell of itself. Uh, But there were some years it was a really great paper. So we we kind of borrowed that example and and chased that. And then we started expanding to uh, some of our neighboring cities, looking at Trustful more as a market area uh, as opposed to a city that was an island. Um, you know, Trustful has a lot of uh, retail. Uh, they sit between two interstate exits, the city does, yeah. which gives it a lot of traffic, a lot of retail demand. Um, but that retail is not built for Trustful. That's built for all the surrounding areas. Yeah. Uh, when you're looking at a Home Depot and, and places like that. So we, we kind of looked at the Trustful market more than the Trustful, the city of Trustful and Uh, We've now expanded into eight additional cities, so we cover a total of nine cities. Uh, And that means going to council meetings, keeping up with the police department, whoever their law enforcement agency is, reporting that uh, and trying to make sure the people know what's going on in their community, what's going on at City Hall uh, and how it's going to affect them. You know, we we tend to spend a lot of time looking at national uh, politics and, and government and wringing our hands over this and that. But honestly, Brian, 90% of what is going to affect you on a day-to-day basis, that's being decided by your local government. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty important that we keep up with them. Yes. And yeah. uh, that's kind of what we do.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's the that was the premise of 1819 of News. We're not as hyper-local uh, as the Trustville Tribune, but I had worked in national news, national right. policy, national fundraising, national, national, national. It's like and we can't fix DC. And in reality, sure. The the mistakes that have been made for generations in DC, they affect us, but there's not quick fixes. There's, there's nothing. You can't wave a wand and fix DC. And in fact, you can't wave a wand and fix anything, but man, the things that affect us most are the things oh, sure. that seem to, you know, get the least focus and, 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 uh, that city council meetings, that's what's going on with your County commissioner. Who's your sheriff. Um, these type of things, uh, and and and, and it's really not getting attention by um, many local publications across the state. I love what you guys do. Obviously, when we started we hired uh Erica Thomas away from you. Um I'm glad we could still be friends after that. Uh and she has been an unbelievable all star who has helped launch eighteen nineteen news into what it is, and she now lives down in Foley and covers uh lower Alabama, Mobile and um and uh, just the whole Baldwin County area, and took what she was doing for you and is doing that down there for us, and it's it's just amazing to watch. So, and she has just incredible instincts as a journalist, and and it's taking what she did for you uh, at that hyper local level, and then broadening broadening the scope uh, and applying that here. And she's taught and trained so many of our journalists here. And at the end of the day, it's so funny because, you know, she will just be like, I know this story is going to do really well. Uh, And I'm like, I don't know. You know, I remember the one time that I stopped questioning her. She said, we're going to do a story on catfish. And I'm like, "Uh, what? She's I'm just telling you people in East Alabama love catfish. And she does this story on catfish. And I'm like, Erica, we didn't create 1819 News to talk about catfish. She's like, I'm just telling you. And she did it and it got like 35,000 hits. And I was like, OK, <laughs> Erica has her finger on the pulse of Alabama way more than I do. Uh, and, um, you know, she, she does great. And so, um, you know, but but it's 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 knowing what is important to people. And that's really their pocketbooks and their children. And there's nothing that affects your pocketbooks and right. children more than local government and public education, and those are all things that are dealt with locally. And and then safety, which is your your sheriff and law enforcement, which you mentioned as well. And so, um, you know, and and I I just I can't imagine how many local municipalities, cities, towns, areas, um, how much they're hurting by not having a publication that does real reporting and asks tough questions to city council members and mayors and asks tough questions of of school boards and things like that. You know, where I live, um, you know, the 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 publication there, I mean, I, I'm not even it's it's not just it's it's many publications that I have come across with at the local level, they don't want to say anything to their mayor because they're scared of their mayor. Or, you know, there's it's just it's it's no longer that old spirit of journalism that is, you know, speaking truth to power, it's kind of, Hey, we're just happy that we're allowed to exist. It's this whole thing has changed.
1: Yeah. That we're, we're, we're seeing that a lot, um, in the newspaper industry in general, uh, we're just seeing a failure, uh, to do their jobs and, and to be journalists. And and Brian, let me say we, we cover, I mentioned earlier, nine cities. I can't think honestly of any, outright corruption that we have seen in any of those cities. I, I think that just our presence at council meetings, no, knowing that there is media there, that we will ask questions, uh, that, that we're going to share whatever happens in that meeting with the general public. I, I think our mere presence makes a difference. And, and I think that most people elected, elected to serve at the, lo, at the local level, and there are exceptions to every rule, And those are those are some of the best stories. But (laughs) in general, most of them truly just want to serve. That's all they're trying to do. And uh, and they want to do it the right way. They don't always do it the right way, but their intentions are usually pretty good. So there there is a situation with local media, local newspapers, um, especially in smaller towns, rural Alabama, rural America, for that matter, where the content we're reporting, that's not being reported anywhere else. You don't have four TV stations zooming in uh, to town every other week for the Trustful City Council meeting. They're, they're not coming unless they think it's going to blow up. Yeah. So as a result, we'll see a television station at a Trustful Council meeting maybe once a year, uh, on, a, on a rare year, maybe twice. So the content local newspapers are reporting is unique, and it's original, and it's not anywhere else. Most local, I won't say most, but a lot of local newspaper publishers still don't quite get that. They don't quite understand that they're in the driver's seat when we have the collapse of people like the Birmingham News uh, the Mobile paper, the Huntsville paper, uh, all that all that does is strengthen local papers yep. uh, if they understand where they are and what they're supposed to be doing. Um, but, you know, getting back to the city councils and the mayors, and, and I, I do think our presence helps just knowing that we're going to be there. Um, but, Brian, most city councils right now in Alabama are not covered by any media. Yep. There's nobody there. And that's generally where you see corruption start to percolate when yeah. they know there's nobody watching, there's nobody there, but them. And they don't think that there's anybody that's going to ask questions or check on them. Yeah. So it, it can, it can develop pretty easily, no matter how good their intentions are when they go, get elected and when they start off, if the temptation's there, and nobody's watching, that's when bad things happen.
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And, um, we'll finish up the segment with this thought. Um, you know, I read this saying. I forget who wrote it, um, some guy down in Troy, and I don't even know who he writes for, so I'm stealing this. Here's my, uh, you know, what whatever, <laughs> but he was writing on, you know, he, he equated the, the loss of journalists in a state. It's happening everywhere else, but he focused on Alabama, and I, I don't remember exactly what the numbers were. Imagine, let's say there's 10,000 law enforcement officers in the state of Alabama. I have no idea if that number is accurate or not, but we're just using 10,000. There's 10,000 law enforcement officers in the state of Alabama. What if overnight we only had 12, what would happen to crime? It would, it would run rampant. It would, I mean, it would be unbelievable. Well, essentially what happened in 2008, right. You know, in 2008, when everything went from, um, all the, all the car sales ads, you know, car dealership ads, all the house sales ads and everything moved from newspapers like the Birmingham news, mobile press register, Huntsville times, when that all moved, to uh Craigslist, Facebook, right. Google, um, the it gutted these newspapers and they had to clean house and they went from having, you know, a hundred journalists to ten or something like that. And when that happened, corruption began to rise to uh incredible, just unbelievable levels. And um, you know, and again, it's like you said, it's not that people are setting out to do wrong, but you put people in a position of power with no accountability. Uh, And it's no wonder that this is happening. And so I'm glad 1819 News has been able to, uh, at least at the Statehouse and even some of these localities that don't have a Trustville Tribune, they're reporting. uh, We've been able to um, to be that watchman on the wall, uh, to be that accountability. um, And we and we really believe that light is the best disinfectant for this depravity and corruption uh, that takes place. So I think you're spot on with that.
1: Yeah, that's that is exactly the way it works out. You, You know, you mentioned hiring Erica earlier. Uh, she is as good as anyone that I've ever seen in this industry at having a nose for hot button issues, building relationships and networks of information. Uh, and, and people people call her with news. People call her when they see something going on at their city council meeting that they don't expect. So that that I know that that's not the intention of 1819 News to be a hyper local news outlet. But when you hire people like Erica, it does give you uh, an avenue back into some of these local governments. And and there's going to be great stories that always come out of there. Uh, But hopefully people do start to fear 1819 news a little bit. I think there's some folks in Montgomery, Brian, that uh, already may be feeling the heat a little bit.
0: Yeah, uh, from what I'm told, uh, there is. And again, it's not an unhealthy, disrespectful fear. It's just hey these people are scared of no one they will report in on anybody I think with what we showed with the Mac McCutcheon stories uh, and some of the um, I'm trying to think of the lady's name now Connie Rowe and that whole thing that happened with Ledbetter trying to scare the freshman legislators. Once they saw that we were just absolutely unafraid yeah. to report on things, we don't have an agenda. We're not trying to do anything other than just saying, hey, we don't care who you are from Alabama power on down. If you're doing something, we're going to report on it. And, and it's it's we're uh, equal opportunity reporters. Right. And so but another thing about Erica and then we'll hit the break. We're,
1: we're, we're just telling the story. that's right.
0: Um, another thing about Erica, you mentioned that she has a nose for news, but I also think news follows her. So she'll be like driving somewhere and like a gas truck will blow up, like right in front of her. And she's like there, or she'll be having dinner and there'll be a shooting right there. And it's just like, <laughs> how does this happen?
1: Um, it's crazy. The, the number of, the number of times I've seen that Brian is uncanny. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I've I, there've been times. I've wondered if she was the one. Starting <laughs> I know. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, she is definitely fulfilling her calling. Well, let's uh, let's hit a quick commercial break and then we'll come back and discuss the liberal drift of local publications.
2: Hey, y'all. It's Allison Sinclair with Alabama Unfiltered. A lot of people ask me, what can I do to actually make a difference in D.C. and in my state government? And one of the most effective things you can do is write an old school letter to your elected officials. It seems super simple, but a written through the mail letter gets their attention much more than an email or a phone call. I use the Quick Letter app from my phone to write letters, and it makes it so easy to write all of my representatives in DC and in our state a real letter in a matter of minutes. And so Quick Letter automatically determines your representatives and their mailing addresses. You write or dictate a letter on your phone and tap the name of every representative you want to receive that letter. And Quick Letter handles the delivery address, the return address, the greeting, the closing, the signature, the printing, stuffing, stamping and placing your letter in the US mail. Your governor, attorney general, state legislators, your US senators and congressmen need to hear from you. And it doesn't have to be elaborate. Actually, a brief, simple letter usually has the most impact. Send a quick letter today and every day. Go to quickletter.com, that's K-W-I-K, quickletter.com, or download the Quick Letter app today.
0: All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, we've got Scott Buttram, the publisher of the Trustville Tribune, and again, can't uh, emphasize enough the need to follow him on Twitter. There's there's a few personalities on Twitter. You've got Jeff Poor, Dale Jackson, Scott Buttram, Dick Brubaker, uh, that are just kind of the regulars that are commenting on the things that are going on in Alabama, and sometimes it gets really fun. Um, and Scott is definitely someone you guys need to be following on Twitter, so definitely uh, do that if you want to stay informed of the shenanigans going on. Um but before we jump into to those shenanigans which we'll be doing in our behind the scenes content um I want to talk about just the I think it really starts with we talked about all the the big you know legacy news corporations like Birmingham News and Trustville or not Trustville Birmingham News Huntsville Times and Mobile Press Register you know as as the money left the those big publications were bought by liberals but it's not just the big publications that liberals are investing in. I I say it like this, you know, conservatives are always interested in profit, you know, and that is, you know, that is good and it can also be bad. And so when the money left uh, print journalism, the conservatives got out, but print journalism still has the power to impact culture and politics and everything else. And that's what the left is about is the culture war. And so the left came in and bought these massive legacy news companies like the Birmingham News, the Mobile Press Register and the Huntsville Times. But they're also now uh, investing in buying up these uh, local uh, local publications, big companies like Gannett uh, and others and USA Today people. Uh, they're just going and buying them all up and uh, and to some degree, turning them into propagate propaganda machines that talk about, you know, who who won the the, the football game and who Miss Peanut is. And by the way, here's some liberal propaganda. Um, it's, it's a, it's extremely disheartening, um, you know, going across the state, trying to have conversations with these publications and say, Hey, you know, you guys need content. We're, we're publishing 14 pieces of content a day. Would you like to use it? And they look at it and they're like, <laughs> no, I don't want to get fired. Right. And so.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit if we can about how the newspaper industry found itself, um, in, in the situation that it's in, you know, when, when the internet came along, a lot of news stories started shifting from print to the internet. Uh, content was free. It was delivered a lot quicker than tomorrow morning in your yard. Uh, you know, when when you could go to the internet and get something you normally had to wait on that, that started cutting back on subscribers in the newspaper industry. And, and I, I need to mention the trustful tribune has always been at least 70% free. Even when we, had coin boxes out, which we've still got coin boxes, but we don't charge for the newspaper. Uh, They just keep them dry till people come by and pick one up. Um, But even when we were charging, we were still giving away over half the papers every week because we were advertising driven as opposed to subscriber driven. So we never lost that revenue stream that that the traditional newspaper did. I recognize that that was a very real loss. That was a lot of money for them uh, and and certainly affected their bottom line. Now, all of that said, I I don't think there's any reason that it had to lead to what we've seen in Mobile, Birmingham and Huntsville with their newspapers going completely away. I believe in February was their last print, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So the three largest cities in Alabama don't have a newspaper anymore. Um, or three of the four largest. Montgomery and Tuscaloosa News are both owned by Gannett, uh, which is, what is that, USA Today. So, but and before Birmingham, Huntsville, and, and Mobile lost their paper, the five largest cities in Alabama, the newspapers for those cities were controlled by two companies, and both of them are, are not Alabama companies. They're out-of-state companies. So they've got no vested interest in this town, uh, these towns, this state, these cities, other than they've made an investment in the newspaper, but they they don't have their upper management living here, experiencing what we experience. They don't see the beauty of this state because they're not part of this state. And you're right, they've become propaganda machines. And one of the things they've done is they've teamed up with groups like uh, Report for America, You'll, if you look at some of the AL.com, uh, al.com reporters, and then you start clicking on their bios, you'll be surprised at how many of them are part of Report for America, which is a strongly liberal-leaning nonprofit that basically underwrites free reporters for these newspapers. Oh, yeah. uh, they they associate with ProPublica, uh, which which again that's a data dra- a data gathering company that. Uh, looks for liberal-leaning data and information to support their agenda. A a perfect example of that is the report that ProPublica just did on Clarence Thomas. Um, And and I don't want to take away anything from their reporting, Brian. Everything they reported, to the best of my knowledge, is accurate. Uh, His his association with the billionaire, I, I think all of that is accurate that they reported. But their leaning shows up in that there are nine justices. And they went data digging on one. Mm. That that's not journalism. That's agenda. And and that's these are the people who are now associating with a lot of these newspapers. They're providing free services. They're providing grants. They don't have to worry about ad, uh, subscribers disappearing. They don't even have to really worry about selling a lot of local advertising. They're being underwritten by these. Uh, massive nonprofits that pour money into them to just become a propaganda machine. Ironically, uh, the Birmingham News or, or AL.com or whatever we want to refer to that agency or that media outlet now, uh, they've won multiple Pulitzer Prizes <laughs> in the last two or three years, four years, uh, since they have started reporting through this slanted agenda driven. Uh, propaganda machine that they're that they're associating with themselves with, so they're they're getting great rewards for this. They're making money. They're they're uh, less concerned about about really appealing and a and 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 reporting for the local audience. They're more uh, focused on just providing that propaganda medium for uh, the, these larger organizations. We're going to see more of that. In fact, we're seeing it now in Alabama Reflector. You know, Brian Lyman left the Montgomery Advertiser after I think he was there for several decades, but he leaves there and he goes to work for Alabama Reflector, which is basically the same model we're talking about with AL.com, but they've just removed any uh, premise of being a, a legitimate news service or, or media outlet. Uh, they're they're strictly there. To be a conduit for pro, uh, for propaganda, everything you see, Alabama Reflector report is going to have uh, a heavy, heavy liberal slant because that's who's funding them. That's why they were created. That's why they exist.
0: Man, and that's a story. Um, I think once the session's over, I may get you and Jeff together to drum something up on that because I think that's a story that the people of Alabama need to know. Uh, is the how al yeah. is subsidized and 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 how you know um and people are gonna be like oh well you know 1819 news is is dark money funded and it's like well we're a c3 and we took money from you know christian donors who saw a problem and, and stepped up to the plate and gave us money but at the end of the day we're now soliciting our readers and it's going to become a subscription based and so you know this is who we are this is what we do this is how we report and if you like that then you know help support it um But I, you know, and it's one thing, you know, our, our billboards, our advertising says honest news, Alabama values. We're trying to curate content and curate our storytelling on the things that we think that the people of Alabama actually care about. You take ProPublica, uh, Media Matters, uh, and these other outlets that are subsidizing AL.com, and they literally could not care less um, about what the people of Alabama want to hear They want to force an agenda down the people of Alabama's throat in an effort to if they can just continue to do it, you know, over and over like water erodes rock over, you know, a thousand years. um, They hope if they can just get this propaganda dribble out uh, to enough Alabamians, maybe they'll invite Karl Marx into their heart and become commies like them. Um, That is what they're trying to do, and they've got a lot of money to do it. Uh, and that's the other thing. The left is heavily invested into the media space because they know the power of it. They have invested billions with a B for generations into media uh, and conservatives. You know, um, I've been very blessed to have the financial support to do 1819 news that I have. But overall, conservatives are not in the media space. They're in the think tank space. They're in the, you know, oh, cow farts. Let's write a white paper about how cow farts aren't any good. And it's just like, what what are we doing billions of dollars have gone down the drain into think tanks because we want to hear how right our arguments are meanwhile we're not changing hearts and minds we're not winning the culture war we're not actually even reporting on what's going on um we're just writing white papers that say our ideas are better than yours and they don't and and, and anyway i could go on and on about that so um but you know i i, I, well, I noticed um one thing there was a al.com invested in a gender reporter and an email went out to all the legislators and said, you know, I am AL.com's gender reporter. And it's like, wow. What do you do with that?
1: At, at, what at I, I, I want to I back up a little bit, uh, Brian, and say I, I, I think there is a place for media outlets that lean one way or the other politically. I, I think there's a place for that. Uh, but but that shouldn't be confused with legitimate news outlets, okay? W- one thing 1819 did or does, and, and you told me from the very beginning that you would do this, you stuck to your word, is reporting is one thing, editorial op-ed is another thing. And, and you guys, I think, have done a really good job putting that wall there. Uh, it, and there there is a lot of um, strong conservative lean on the, on the op ed side, but that's by design. But when Erica goes and reports something, when Craig goes and reports something, they're reporting the facts of the situation, regardless of, of editorial lean or political lean. Yep. <clears throat> that's, that's where we're seeing the lines blurred in a lot of these media outlets. Uh, and, and that should be problematic for everybody. Um, one of the things that we, we're seeing, I guess with AL.com as much as any, is we are starting to see more of the quote unquote reporting taking a political lean. Not not from somebody like Carol Robinson, who's out there reporting uh, on crime and things like that and, and happenings with the court, but with stuff like what you're talking about with the gender reporter. I mean, what what are we even talking about? What is a gender reporter? What was every what was every reporter leading up to the gender reporter? What the, what were they reporting on? Were those not genders of people? It's just uh, we're just seeing such a bizarre lean with this thing that it's it is really really disturbing. At the same time, as I mentioned earlier, there is a great opportunity for local media outlets. Uh, And I would encourage some of our people, some of our kids coming out of journalism school with degrees. If you haven't been completely corrupted by your journalism uh, class and earning that degree, if that didn't completely corrupt you, consider moving back to your hometown and starting a local media company. If there's not one become a local newspaper if one doesn't exist. There is great opportunity there. And if you will keep your news separate from your op-eds you're probably going to win because the audiences will show up for that. We've seen that at the tribute, yep. uh, but this is this this type of thing should never. And by this type of thing, Brian, I mean these um, agenda-driven media outlets should never displace local legitimate newspapers reporting the facts. And and if you drive your editorial too far, then people will start doubting your facts because they'll start assuming. Uh, that, that you're trying to inject it in everything. But there's a great opportunity out there for people who want to start local newspapers or buy an existing one and, and bring it into the 21st century. You know, we've invested pretty heavily in digital media at the Tribune. We, we recognize that everybody doesn't want their newspaper in print. Some want it online, some want it in print, some want it in, in video form. There's a lot of different ways we can present it. We're happy to meet them uh, our audience, wherever they are. But we're going to maintain that difference, that that wall, if you will, between reporting and editorializing. And then there's a big area in between where we have a lot of fun doing stuff like this podcast that you do. Yeah. This is fun. People are interested in this. This belongs in the media. But you guys do such a good job keeping everything compartmentalized, which is exactly why 1819 has had phenomenal growth in your first two years. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you, and and that means a lot coming from you as uh, one of the few people doing it right uh, in the state, so I appreciate your kind words. But I think that'll um, bring us to a wrap on this regular segment. And so, guys, we are going to have uh, a great knockdown, uh, drag out, no holds barred uh, on all things Alabama politics as we kind of close this session. Uh, by the time this podcast published session will be over, uh, I think it's now – Uh, Monday the session will be over this week so uh, we won't have all the final thoughts but we'll have uh, plenty to talk about with what's already happened and what and more importantly what hasn't happened uh, in the session and so we're going to go scorched earth in that behind the scenes segment you guys if you're not a member go to 1819news.com click the become a member button membership start as little as five dollars a month you'll get access to this behind the scenes content as well as cool merch uh, and other things but most importantly you'll be supporting the work that we're doing on your behalf. All right, guys. Um, And Scott, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to, to join us today. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, until next time, put your trust in God and keep your powder dry.